You're listening to What It's Like with Luce, a podcast highlighting ordinary people doing extraordinary things. I'm your host, Lucy Norris, and on today's episode, I'm sitting down with a wellness expert and one of Ireland's first ever instructors of the Wim Hof Method. As a teenager, this week's guest had his sights set on professional basketball. Fully committed to pursuing his passion, he found himself deeply thinking about life in a way he couldn't ignore. His questions became too loud, and so he decided to hang up his trainers and go in pursuit of a different life altogether. Delving into the world of natural healing, he stumbled across Wim Hof whilst listening to a podcast. Encaptured by the promise of a calmer, healthier lifestyle, he decided to research further and enrolled on the course to become an instructor. Combining powerful breathing techniques and cold water therapy, he completely changed his life around and dedicated his time thereafter to helping others. Sharing his take on the nature versus modern medicine debate, explaining the cold water phenomenon that's taking over Ireland, and the impact natural healing can have on mental health, here's what it's like to be Neil Omerku. First of all, how have you been dealing or coping with this whole pandemic thing? It's a great question. and I think it has taught me and, and many other people lots of lessons. And I think the first big lesson was one that the cold had taught me many times before, but like all big lessons, we have to practice it, which was to, to let go and to surrender to what was happening and not to try and fight it. Because when you're in the really extreme cold, you can't fight it, you have to let go. You kind of can't try to control it. Uh, and it reminded me of that, that we had to let go of what we wanted life to be like or our working situation or our home life to be like. And we had to let go and instead just accept all these things that were out of our control as it unfolded. So I think if people were good at that, then they could adapt. But lots of people find that kind of acceptance and letting go quite difficult. So, um, so that was for me, that's the thing that I've been kind of practicing now since the beginning of it. Yeah, I feel like that's such a good point that letting go, I, it, it, I mean, even for me personally, it was so difficult. You know, you just involuntarily almost put up so much resistance against it because it's so abnormal. It's so different to what we're used to. And it is scary when something like that takes complete control away from yeah. you. Um, and as you, as you just said there, you kind of had to adapt to sink or swim um, because yeah. otherwise it wasn't going to be a good time. But um Obviously, I want to talk a lot more about techniques to deal with all of that kind of thing and all of that stuff. But before we delve into that, I want to know a bit more about you and your background in general. So if you wouldn't mind taking me all the way back to the start, when you were younger, when you were growing up and where this interest in wellness came from? Yeah, so when I was uh, a teenager, I was obsessed with basketball obsessed you know that's all I did all the time was play basketball train watch basketball listen to basketball um, and I you know I was on the Irish team and in my mind I was heading towards a professional career but at the same time I always had these big questions in my mind about who we are and what is this existence and what's the mind and what's the connection with the body and is there a deeper part of us and as I went through my teenage years and I was playing for the Irish team, and then I was the captain of the Irish team, and then I was on the senior Irish team, these questions got louder and louder. 
and eventually I had to just stop playing basketball suddenly and go off and try and find answers to these questions. Um, and that led me to some very, very interesting and wonderful places. And um, along that journey, I started to realize the importance of breathing and the mind to our health and, and the importance of our health to our uh, mental health. And, you know, so that led me to um, really to kind of study in depth quite a few interesting things like meditation and, and breathing through Qigong and martial arts and through pranayama in yoga. Um, it, it led me down to studying the kind of how our ancestors here in Ireland, you know, went about their well-being and wellness. So that led me to understanding the plants that we might use that grow naturally to keep us healthy and um, and to other kind of deeper ways. How did they, how did our ancestors view their experience of life and how they kind of use that to, to keep themselves healthy and happy. And then in amongst that, I met Wim Hof and, uh, you know, I started to learn how to breathe like Wim Hof and use the cold like Wim Hof. And, uh, and that eventually brought me to your podcast. Yeah, I think it's so fascinating. And it's so interesting to hear that you were once, you know, on the path to become um, a professional basketball player. That's it kind of comes out of the blue. You don't expect it from what you what you do now. So that's <laughs> yeah. cool to hear. Um, and so when you say, you know, you were kind of becoming uh, interested in herbs and plants, that kind of thing, and Irish traditional healing. I'd be interested to know where you think maybe that fits now in this world of such advanced medicine, technology, and things like that. What do you see as its role, and do you see it ever replacing that, or what's your kind of take on those two those two situations? So I, I think that nature is probably the best medicine we have you know, you know, getting out into, even stepping outside into nature changes how we view ourselves. We become, you know, we become alive. We become more vigilant. Our heart rate increases a little bit. We kind of look around. So even going outside is good for us. You know, when we take that a little bit further and getting into the sea, for example, for a swim, and we know that even getting into cold water like that balances our hormones, it elevates our mood, it improves our circulation. You know, and we take that a little further and we say, okay, we pick up a dandelion leaf and we eat the dandelion leaf and we know that improves the digestion all the way down through the body. So those things are really important. And they're amazing preventative medicine. You know, so they're an amazing way for a person to regain their health and to keep their health. Where Western medicine and kind of traditional medicine or ancient medicine comes in in contact is I think when I might be hit by a car and I'm lying on the ground, I don't want a dandelion leaf. I want an ambulance to come and get me. So I think uh, Western modern medicine is great in emergency situations. It's great when we need, you know, an operation. It's great when we need something like that. But anybody who's had the unfortunate experience of spending time in hospitals for themselves or with loved ones knows that Western modern medicine isn't particularly good at long-term recovery or long-term healing or treating the body as something more than just a mechanical set of kind of wheels and cogs. So I think that's where they, that's where they kind of overlap. I think if we 
we value and, and really appreciate that we can just call 999 and an ambulance will eventually come and get us and we'll get this amazing healthcare. You know, we give out about the healthcare in Ireland, but it's way better than lots of places. But then if we can kind of as well layer in when people are trying to recover or trying to prevent things from happening, that, that natural medicine as well, that, you know, nature and the cold and breathing and, and those things as well. Just out of curiosity, pure curiosity, when you have a cold or something like that, do you ever go to the doctor or do you use what you know to treat those kind of things? I haven't, uh, I haven't been unwell in a very, very, very long time. And because, you know, every day I'm breathing, every day I'm in the cold, you know, every day I'm, I'm meditating, I'm practicing all the things that, you know, that I teach to people. And if I do feel a little bit overwhelmed or, you know, tired or whatever it is, I, I am good enough now at practicing these things that I take a little bit of time and do a little bit more breathing and maybe rest a bit. And then I whoop, pop back up again, you know, so, um, about five, about three or four years ago, I had to get um, income protection uh, insurance for the for the company, and I filled out all the health forms and sent them back. So I'm 45, and I sent them back in, and they didn't believe what I put down on the forms because like I I haven't been sick, I have no problems, you know all these things. So they sent out a nurse to check on me, and they just did all the tests as well. And they're like, you know, they actually they didn't still believe me, you know, that it's so. That's just my own personal experience, but we know there's loads of science, you know, our immune systems can get stronger just from a little bit of breathing and cold, you know, our, our inflammation and pain in the body can go down from the same thing. So we have all these great tools. It's just a matter of saying, do I want to invest a little bit of time every day in them and then have long-term benefits or, or not? Yeah, that's so interesting to hear. And I suppose it's that thing of, avoiding the quick fix because you're just going to be back in that in a few months time or whatever it is. Um, So it's definitely worth investing that time into it. And so going back to, I suppose, your path to get to where you are now, you'd been on this journey to, to answer all of your questions that you were having to discover all this natural way of healing. How did you come across Wim Hof? I really loved breathing. You know, I really loved the science of breathing and the art of breathing. And I had, as I said, I had practiced it a long time through different disciplines. So it was always there for me. And I had, because I lived in the sea in Port Marnock, beside the sea, I was always swimming in the sea, but I hadn't connected both of those things. And myself and Josie, my wife, we had four lovely children, but they were really, they came really close together. We had two boys that were really close in age. And then we had two uh, identical twin girls at the same, you know, very short afterwards. So we had four children under four. And there was a lot of pressure and responsibility that came with that very quickly. And we were, you know, we had quite a few years of knife feeds and, and, all, and it was all building up and we were ex- tired. We were exhausted. We were under a lot of pressure. Um, we had a few tragedies in the families where, where loved ones died and we were dealing with the grief and we were really, we were really struggling. Um, despite the fact that we were looking after ourselves, you know, we were still, the cracks were still short, starting to show. And I heard Wim Hof speaking on a podcast late one night when I was in the kitchen. I was making bottles for the twins for the next day. And 
what he said sounded so, it nearly sounded unreal that we could just use very simple breathing, combine it with gradual exposure to colds. And then because of that, we could enjoy very quickly scientifically proven benefits that would improve our health and improve our strength and improve our happiness. And that for me was enough to kind of, to kind of give it a go. And myself and Josie started the old 10 week online program. And the, the, the benefits were so immediate. We had more patience with the children. We had, we had more energy. We felt better. And, you know, everything started to improve very quickly. And, uh, that was a long time, you know, that was a good few years ago before there was as much information about Wim Hof as there is now. So the easiest way to, to kind of learn as much about the whole thing was to become an instructor. And that's, that's where I went. And for anyone that's listening to this, that I know, as you said, there's been so much more just exposure to Wim Hof that's been done kind of online and stuff like that. But for anyone that is listening and is kind of thinking, no way can that happen from doing a bit of breathing, you know, what's all this about? Can you explain, um, maybe I'm sure it's very complicated in scientific terms, but in, in simple, simple enough terms, um, why this breathing works and why it has such an immediate profound effect on your body? Yeah, so um, when we're breathing, usually, there's this relationship between what we experience and how we breathe. If we're under pressure, our, our breathing becomes erratic. And when our breathing becomes erratic, it starts to affect the chemistry of our body. And the chemistry of our body then starts to cause problems like inflammation, which leads to disease and all types of problems. But the opposite is also true. We, how we experience things can influence our breathing for, for the good. So if we decide that we're going to breathe in a very calm and slow way, the movement of the lungs is listened to by the brain the brain starts to become more coherent. The entire body starts to improve what it's doing. So if erratic breathing brings about problems, then calm, deep breathing brings about lots of benefits as well. So we have this relationship with our breath and this choice with our breath all the time that as we go through our day, no matter what happens, and our, let's say something happens that causes us stress or anxiety, our heart rate goes up, the body starts to move up into fight or flight, but we can decide that we can breathe calmly instead and the body comes back down out of fight or flight. And when the body is in this part of the ner nervous system called the parasympathetic nervous system, it then feels safe and it can adapt to whatever's going on and we can begin to heal. So the breathing is, the breathing is such a huge part of our health and it's probably something that we most people never think of but how we breathe directly affects how we feel and how we think yeah it's so interesting i think as you explained there you never expect that something that we just do so involuntary every few seconds can have such an impact um yeah. and so where does the cold water therapy come into it so cold so anybody who's jumped into the sea in Ireland or, you know, had a cold shower at the end of a hot shower knows how, how shocking the cold can be. <laughs> you know, you jump in and it's just, you, we, we feel chaotic. Our senses fragment, you know, it's, it's really, you know, painful. And so again, 
that reaction is pure fight or flight. The body is given this surge of energy to deal with this perceived danger, which is the cove. So what we find is that if we can bring our attention back to our breath and just focus on a long exhale, within four or five seconds, four or five long exhales, the vagus nerve in the back of the brain triggers, heart rate goes down, the body starts to feel safe, and we can actually find a sense of control and peace and calm in the cold. And when we do that, some amazing things happen. So firstly, our hormones begin to balance. So our mood elevates and the hormones control so much in the body that, that that's amazingly good for us. Our circulation starts to improve because when we get into the cold, the 120,000 kilometers worth of blood vessels in the body constrict and when we get out, they open. So it's like this amazing workout for the body that we don't usually get. Our cardiovascular strength and health improves because the body has to deal with the pressure of the cold, but then we have to continue to breathe calmly. But even beyond that then, when we find a sense of peace and calm in the cold, from the brainstem, the body releases endocannabinoids, which makes us feel euphoric. Anybody that's come out of the sea in, in the 40 foot or somewhere, and they're like, they just feel amazing. That's part of the reason why. The body also releases um, other hormones that reduce pain and inflammation. You know, so so the, the breath helps us to find peace and calm in the colds. And when we do, then we get all these benefits. But the real key to it is to view the cold as a, re a, re a representation of all the things we struggle with. Stress, anxiety, worry, fear. And when we feel the cold on our skin, our body reacts in the same way to fear and to worry and anxiety. So by learning how to breathe under the pressure of the cold and to find peace and calm in there, we actually teach ourselves how to breathe when we're in a dangerous situation or in a stressful situation. Or in, so if we can find peace and calm in the cold, we can find peace and calm no matter what pressure comes after us. It's such an amazing thing. And I'm, it sparked a question in me now listening to you talk about all the amazing benefits and life changing position you'll put yourself in if you actively practice this. Why do you think knowing now the depth of how much this can change someone's life? I know that people have been doing it for a while, but it just seems to me from an outsider looking in, say on, on the community, that it's kind of just come into the mass mass media let's call it now it's really blown up everyone is obsessed with sea swimming only now yeah. why hasn't this been the case the whole time if if you know it really does give you so many benefits because it's uncomfortable you know we we, we spent a long we spent a lot of our we spend a lot of our life trying to avoid discomfort you know it's that's or or, or suffering or pain and what the cold teaches us, as well as all those amazing benefits that we talked about, it teaches us to be comfortable in discomfort, you know, which is a great lesson. And I think it's exploded into the mainstream now because at the beginning of the pandemic, whatever it is, 13 months ago, 14 months ago, 
all of a sudden we were faced with the most uncomfortable situations that many of us may ever face. And lots of people were stuck within two kilometers or five kilometers or 10 kilometers of where they lived. And we were all looking for answers in some way to, to what was happening to us. And the answer that was staring a lot of people in the face because we live on an island is that we're surrounded by cold water. And, you know, people, they may not have heard of Wim Hof, but they instinctively, we know that the, the, the sea is a healing force. It's a force for good in our lives if we allow it to be. And I think a combination of seeking answers to the, to the uncertainty of the pandemic, um, the internet giving us access to, to people being able to find out about the benefits of the cold. And then as well, Wim Hof and the Wim Hof method kind of coming in from the kind of fringes of the internet, you know, over during that period of time also helped. And all those things, I think, um, made people look at the sea or the cold shower or the lake or the river in a very different way. It's almost funny to watch how everyone has become so it's it's such an amazing thing because it's obviously such a healthy beneficial thing to do but um going walking down even on in Dunleary on the weekend yeah. you see so many people um in yeah. their dry robes as well which yeah. is quite funny. <laughs> dry robes must be they must be the most happy company in the entire world you know. Yeah. And, and I met like I we've been living here in Buddhistown for probably 10 years 11 years and there was many 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 days that I'd go down to the sea for a swim and there'd be no one around nobody around you know so it, it's really I think it's a fantastic that so many people are now using this incredible um, resource in the white word but it's incredible this sacred thing that's right there for us to use all the time um, now, I know other people grumble that there's so many people, you know, swimming now and they were here for a long time. But I think we all benefit if everyone's getting in for a little dip. Yeah, for sure. And the other thing, you know, it's free. It's it's, it's a free. free. It's yeah. amazing. Um, and so going back to when you decided to then train as an instructor, what was that process like? Because I saw your videos, you know, walking through snow in Poland in just your shorts and things like that. Yeah. So what was that like for you? Um, it, it was such an enjoyable experience for me because by the time, so it takes about a year to be an instructor. Now it's kind of changed a little bit since I did it. Um, and it's a process where you uh, do a lot of online training and then you get homework and then you go to Holland to train in the Wim Hof Center there and then you get loads of homework and eventually you go to Poland for a week in the snow, in the mountains. And during that week, you do lots of things like exams and presentations, but you also do things like climbing up mountains in your shorts in the snow and jumping into rivers of ice and all that kind of stuff. So it's very much a examination of your commitments to being an instructor on, on an academic level, on a physical level, on a deeper level. Um, and I just enjoyed every moment of it because I had felt such huge benefits from it. My, I had become a better dad, a better husband, a better person. You know, our family had benefited from it. Our friends had ben benefited from it. And in my mind, I was kind of making this list of people that I knew that would also benefit from it. So for me going there and finally kind of learning how to be an instructor, oh, it was just great crack. I loved it. 
Yeah, it definitely looked like it would have been a bit of fun, but also testing you to your absolute limits. You make yes. me feel cold just talking about yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> and it is a test, but I suppose like we were talking earlier about the big lesson from the pandemic of letting go. What I learned there in Poland in the rivers of ice and in the snow is that when we're faced with these things that seem impossible, like climbing up two hours in minus 10 degrees in a pair of shorts, and that's it, up a mountain, when we actually let go and trust the body and let the body do what it's built to do, it can do amazing things. You really, and not everyone has to climb up the mountain, but we are capable of way more than we think we are. And sometimes it takes something like having to climb up a mountain or, you know, something, oftentimes it's something kind of life changing. It can be a very difficult thing that happens to us that forces us to kind of change what we're doing and to realize that we're, you know, more powerful than we think we are. But a, a first step in that is, is just letting go, you know, and, and just, you have to let go in the cold. And what life is it to the lesson there, we just have to let go. Yeah, I think it's almost, you know, as you kind of said there, some most of the time for people to have kind of a life altering change or, or thought progression, you need to go through something traumatic or terrible yes. to kind of understand this. But what I'm getting from this is delving into the Wim Hof method or cold water therapy or whatever you want to call it, um, offers you that opportunity to have this life altering change of thought without having to go through something terrible yeah. or something that completely knocks you off your feet which i think is Absolutely. pretty amazing that's exactly it like i this morning i was in the ice bath we you know we have baths full of ice here at the house that you know that for events and everything and and like you're saying every time you face the cold it's difficult you know there's like an internal dialogue like oh do i have to get in here oh I, you know now i'm used to it. so it's like i know the dialogue goes on i watch the dialogue and ignore it and kind of get in anyway but that, even if a person has a warm shower, a beautiful hot shower that they enjoy, and at the end they just turn it to cold for 10 seconds, it's a little bit of a victory. You know, as you say, it doesn't have to be this terrible thing that comes crashing into your life to bring about change. Just facing that cold in any kind of small way that you can, you come out and you feel alive and you feel empowered from it. Yeah, I love how you're saying about that internal dialogue. I feel like I have that probably about more than 10 times a day about different little things. But um, Oh yeah, everyone does, I think. Yeah, the feeling you get when you do push past it and do that thing anyway or whatever it is, as you say, such a such a victory. And so when you you'd, you know, become an instructor, you wanted to now take everything that you've learned over there and through your time with Wim Hof back to Ireland to help people here. How was it received, first of all? Were people skeptical of it or were you met with kind of openness? Well, I was met with openness and enthusiasm um, because when I was starting off, um, I started the Instagram page that I have now, Breeds with Neil, and uh, I started that maybe two weeks before I went to Poland to finish off the instructor training. And the Wim Hof method and cold water and breathing was still kind of, you know, on the fringes of things. It wasn't as popular as it is now. But Instagram being Instagram, it was showing my page to people who were obviously interested and, you know, people were finding me. So as 
So as I was documenting the experience of being an instructor, I could see more people were following or more people were interested. And then the, in, the kind of head instructor gave us a challenge towards the end of our training. He said, now when you get home to wherever home is, and people had come from all over the world to do the training, your challenge is to write a post every day for 30 days about the Wim Hof method. And if you can't say some one thing interesting, one interesting thing, thing per day for 30 days, you shouldn't be an instructor. You know, so I got home and I started that. And of course, there's so much interesting stuff to write about it. So by the time I got home and I was waiting for the results to come in, um, I had kind of written the post, 30 posts and everything. And so by the time I actually became an instructor in late December, there was already kind of a willing and ready audience in Ireland, small, but enthusiastic to get going, you know, because in that group with me, there was Scott and there was John, and we were the only Irish people. We were the first Irish instructors. So wow. by the time we got our license, no one in Ireland had been teaching it at that point, you know. So by the time I had my first workshop in mid-January, actually, this room opens into another room. It was in here. Um, it was sold out within like a day, it sold out because people were ready, you know, they'd seen the documentaries online, they were ready, there was no one else teaching it. And then um, Irish people have, because we're an island people and we're surrounded by the sea and even not everybody, but you know, loads of people like going out into nature in lots of different ways. It was a good fit for Ireland, you know, and we're, a lot of people are interested in improving their lives. So, you know, so it, it kind of took off from there and, and it just, just didn't stop. I don't know if people maybe tell you this when they come, but if they do, what is the main reason or the reason that you see cropping up most amongst people for wanting to embark on this journey with you? Yeah, so at our workshops, at our events, um, we get every type of person you can imagine. All ages, the youngest we can take is 18, but from 18 to 80, you know, every color, every shape, every type of job you can imagine. So within all that, people come for so many different reasons. So there, there, there's always a specific number of people that have seen that, say, Wim Hof method has been shown to be great for your immune system or something very specific. So there's always a group of people that have come for a very specific reason, usually to treat some kind of ailments. There's always the kind of high performance athletes that come for, you know, their performance. There's always people that are just curious, you know, that, you know, that want to, I've heard about it, want to try it. There's always people who are trying to deal with stress and anxiety. And there's also a good few people who someone else has bought them a ticket because they <laughs> think they need it. You know, so you get every kind of motivation. And of course the motivations that people tell me, are not always necessarily the true motivations. You know, they could have a deeper thing that they might be struggling with grief, but you know, they don't want to tell you that the first time they, they meet you. So um, there is so many benefits to just taking some time to breathe and to get into the cold that uh, people come from for all types of reasons. The other thing that's been, you kind of uh, sparked it there when you said one of the categories, I feel like the other thing that's been so prevalent for obvious reasons and then just you know the the usual reasons as well is mental health over the last year and a half um so do you feel that 
this method and this way of kind of approaching life, thinking about life has the capacity to eradicate, say, medication for anxiety, medication for depression, that kind of thing. Do you think there's that much power in this? Well, Wim's mission is to do that. You know, Wim's, Wim Hof's mission is, as he had say himself, is to eradicate fear and depression and, and everything in between. You know, obviously his story is a very, you know, he's resurrected from a very tragic story of his wife killing herself and uh, struggling with mental health. So that's where Wim's focus really lies. Uh, you know, obviously now the, the kind of, uh, the asterisk to that is, you know, everyone should kind of follow what they think is the best thing to do. But we have seen from, I've seen from the science and I've seen from my own experience and I've seen from other people's experience that really so much of what we struggle with can be counteracted by, by breathing. You know, when we are feeling all of those things that are, you know, adding to this, you know, big mental health problem, our breathing it reflects it. You know, so when we're worried or anxious, our breathing reflects it. So if we just learn to change the breathing, we can learn to change the, how the body feels and we can learn to change how the mind kind of feels as well. So there's huge potential. And um, I do a lot of work now around the world from here for companies, uh, big tech companies particularly, who, whose staff are working from home now for probably 12 months and you know, are struggling with the balance between work and home and family and all those things where there used to be like a definite you go to work you do your work you come home and you have your you know life at home so within that there are, are there are big mental health challenges arising so i've been working with them to just just to breathe with people just to show people how to breathe doing sessions with companies and and uh sometimes people don't realize how anxious and worried and stressed they are until they stop and they just take a few minutes to breathe. And then afterwards they feel so different. They're thinking, my God, I was so stressed out, but it becomes just their way of living, you know? So it's really important to take a few minutes just to breathe. Yeah. I think like I've said this a million times through this podcast, but it's just so interesting and fascinating to me. And I feel like through listening to you, you've almost kind of crack the code to life if i that's probably not a good way to put it but you know you, you're really onto something amazing here in terms of quality of life and just being able to to actually achieve what you want so within that i'd be curious to know if you do have a personal definition of what the word success would look like to you i think success if you were to ask me at different points in my life there would definitely be a different answer to all of that as a teenager, it was to be the best basketball player in the world. You know, as I kind of moved up, it would be very different. To me now, success for me is to, is to have balance no, ma no matter what's happening. You know, so there's, there's the, over here I have four lovely little children and then I have this business and I have myself and I have a you know, relationship with, with Josie. And, you know, like with everybody, there's all these different many different uh, parts of, of life competing and, and moving around. So for me, success is just to have balance between everything, you know, and to, and to feel. And so I feel successful when I feel like myself, you know, when I feel that, you know, I think, and that's what I try to teach the children 
is, you know, the greatest freedom is to just be yourself. You know, when you have that balance, you can be yourself and you're not worried about anything else. Uh, and so for me at this age, that balance and just feeling like yourself is, is the most important thing. I love that definition. I think that's really nice. I ask that to everyone. So it's always really interesting for me to hear the, the variations in, in the yeah. answers. <laughs> um, you put a little compilation together of all the different like success is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no, I definitely should do that because it is so fascinating to see how everyone's minds work differently. And so then to just wrap up this whole conversation, I have one more question for you. Um if I put your 10 year old self in front of you today, having been through the monumentous journey that you've been through in your life to discover all these amazing things, um, what is the biggest piece of advice you would give that 10 year old self moving forward? I wouldn't tell them anything. Interesting. I would just, I would just, you know, I think all the mistakes that I've made, all the things that I would, you know, would wish I had done differently at different times, all, and all the great things that I've done, they have all pushed me and, and nudged me along the path to get to kind of this point in my life where um, I feel that I'm doing what I should be doing. And I think, the, so I, I would just kind of like let that 10 year old find their way, you know, and, and, and not kind of, because if I told them something different, I wouldn't be here. You know, I yeah. would have ended up on a different <laughs> path. So just, and that's, you know, just to keep going. You've captivated me through this whole conversation. <laughs> I feel like I've had an education talking to you, learning all these things. Um, so I just want to thank you so much again for giving up your time um, to chat to me and to share this with everyone. It's been, I, I need to find a different word for interesting, but I can't right now, but it's just been so interesting. <laughs> thanks, Neil. You're, you're very welcome. I think, and thanks to you as well for kind of doing this work and, get, and kind of getting the podcast out to people because I think the stuff that you're covering is so important especially in this time we kind of need people like you out there spreading the word so thanks for having me thank you so much for listening and as always please rate share and leave a comment if you like what you hear and don't forget to follow at what it's like pod on instagram and facebook to find out more about neil and his work visit the links provided in the show notes i'll be back next week with more inspiring stories but for now this has been what it's like with loose